In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Stephen. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. And we are sitting here today with James, Matt, and Justin from Prototech. Hey, guys. How's it going? Say hi. Hey, hey. how are you? Thank you guys welcome, for coming. Welcome. So Prototech is a makerspace here in Oklahoma City, right? Yep. Um, somebody tell us what like what, what is a makerspace. Yeah. Oh, Matt, you're Matt? on the spot. All you're right. On. I'm on the spot. <laughs> Uh, Makerspace is essentially a community resource where people can come in and have access to everything from uh, woodworking, metalworking machines, 3D printers, uh, assets that help build and create, whether that is something tangible or something on the digital side of things, and uh, get help from people along the way. Did you say 3D printers? 3D printers, yes. So anybody who has a membership can go in there and use a 3D printer? They can. That's pretty freaking cool. So, um, what you started this? You and you and James started this. What? What made you start a makerspace? What? Um, temporary insanity. Temporary insanity. Yeah, <laughs> probably something like that. It's something I've always wanted to have here in Oklahoma City. Um, I remember several years ago, whenever a tech shop first started opening in San Francisco. And uh, I was actually looking at how can I move to San Francisco? And uh, <laughs> well, you're going to move to San Francisco just because they had a, well, a makerspace. Yeah, kind of. Yes, San Francisco is a really cool city. It so. is a cool city. There, there are other good things. Yeah. And uh, but eventually, uh, I discovered that there are a lot of people here. Like, you don't need to move to San Francisco. Right. Um, we just needed someone to start something here. And uh, then I talked Matt into it and had him sign in blood. And <laughs> here we are. So then, you guys, uh, you guys had re- like you had resources and available already. You already had machines yourselves that you'd been collecting to put into there, or what did we start off with? Two machines? Yeah. Like what? What? What began the shop? Well, uh, we took Matt's garage and we took my garage, <laughs> and uh, and then we we combined them and put them in a garage that we gave people access to. Um, and you found an awesome space for it too down in Midtown. So what, where are you located? Currently, we're at 401 Northwest uh, 10th Street here in Midtown, and uh, we haven't always been there. Our first location was horrible, and we had to learn from that, but our current location is beautiful, and uh, we're, we're right next to Dust Bowl. And, uh, yeah, across the street from Blue Garden yeah, over there. You guys, yeah. there. You guys got this spot, and then like within a oh year, like, it just exploded around you. Like You're at 10th and Hudson, for those of you who didn't pinpoint that address, which is... Now pretty damn even, primo. It's yeah, at the north I mean, end of H and Eighth Festival, and yeah, I mean, yeah, we pretty much started that all. I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> you guys were the trendsetters. It <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So, so um, you guys have like you were going through some of the machines. Are all these machines owned by you? Are they like do other people contribute these machines? Because you've got big CNC machines, laser cutters, drill presses, and tables welders, I mean, welders. Um, we do have a couple of machines. Uh, I think some of the woodworking that is that is indefinitely loaned, um, but we've tried to stay away from getting too many things loaned to us. Um, just to, just 
we don't want something to get broke and somebody to to you know suffer from that. Yeah. Because um, things are going to break eventually. Um, so the majority of the things are owned by Prototech uh, or by me and Matt personally and kind of leased to Prototech. Uh, if it's something where we don't want to just straight up give it away yet. Um, but with the exception, there are a couple things. We're not against donations. If somebody came in and wanted to give us a giant machine or something or loan us a giant machine, we would certainly take it. But for the most part, we've tried to keep it all in Prototech. Very cool. So, like, are you... I guess the question I would have next is what goes on there like day to day? Like, are there, are there people there that are actually in their building constantly? I mean, or is it mostly woodworking? Is it mostly machining? Has anything really amazing been created out of prototech? Like that we would know, want to know about. I feel um, like I saw like this big energy parade thing in the parking lot up there one day. Was that there was, that's uh, actually one of our members, uh, Paul Bagley. Okay. Um, it's the Energy FC trike. Uh, he actually had brought it back up there to work on it. Uh, that wasn't created there, though definitely have all the resources there to make something like right. that. Trying to think some of the some of the more unique things that well, wasn't created. there some guy had designed uh, some kind of uh, piece of medical equipment for for babies that mm -hmm. he was printing on the three D printer. Is that right? That's right. What um, was that? And I am going to be give a really horrible explanation of it because That's I'm not fine. a medical professional by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. But essentially, as I understand it, he worked with premature uh, babies mm -hmm. and current medical equipment. There was too much uh, what he called dead space or the, the tubes that fed air to the infants to help, to help were them breathe. too large for their lung capacity. Right. So this was a device that would actually go in and mechanically take up some of that dead space to help the okay. babies be able to breathe. So it, it helped modify current medical equipment then, as opposed to like replacing it and... Okay. Correct. Yeah. yeah, we've actually, uh, we've had a lot of projects. Um, it's one of the things that I'm trying to get members to help with is actually documenting those projects because we've had a lot of really awesome things happen and I keep, I keep trying to talk about it and I'm like, but we didn't take any pictures. Okay. Um, but out of all the projects, there's been a lot of woodworking. There have been people that have made some really awesome tables and things that every time I try to make, they end up kind of crooked. But other people are able to do it somehow. <laughs> um, and we've got the tools that, that seem to allow that. Um, we've had a little bit of welding and metalworking. Uh, I know Justin here uh, has, has built a few things at uh, Prototech for his, his day job. Um, Actually, you've done metalworking there, Justin? Not really too much metalworking, but we've made some uh, wireless survey stands. So as part of my day job, um, we do wireless surveys, and we needed a way to basically have a wireless access point uh, on some type of stand so I can move it around and take mm. readings and then move it to the next spot and take readings. So we were able to utilize the welders there and uh, the horizontal mill to be able to cut and then weld up a stand for it. Now, was this the machinery that you used? Is that something that you knew how to use yourself beforehand? or No. Where did you get the knowledge from to operate that machinery? Um, from Matt and James. Okay. I mean, I, honestly, before I joined Prototech, I wouldn't have even known where to start. I mean, horizontal bandsaw, I didn't know it existed. Welding probably would be too intimidated to even try it. Yeah. So, I mean, having the resources there was a huge help. I mean, we got it in and got it done very quickly. It's actually, uh, and, and that's kind of one of the main things, is that was his first welding project. It was his first time using some of the, the saws for cutting metal and everything. And uh, it's something that most people don't really 
uh, most people are kind of intimidated by. But generally, if you're wanting to cut metal or do basic welding or uh, basic woodworking, uh, any of that stuff, it's not that hard to get started. All we're really concerned with is making sure people are safe. Right. And then uh, after that, I mean, you just have at it. And, yeah, you, you may have to do it once or twice, but, uh, I mean, that's part of the fun about it. So, so you, oh, go ahead. Well, the way that the space is set up is it's it, it can accommodate almost any style of learning. Like if somebody wants to go in there and bring in their own materials, they essentially could just go to the welders and teach themselves how to use them. Granted, nobody else is using them. Like, would you be able to just unle unleash yourself on the welders and teach yourself without anybody supervising you? Um, on the welders, especially the MIG welder, it's literally, I mean, it's, it, okay, it's not literally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself anyway. Um, it's, it's like a metal hot glue gun. Um, and, and so what we basically go through in, in the class, because we have a small uh, welding class that okay. Matt does, um, is we just basically show you how to be safe with it. So you're not going to hurt yourself or anything like that. And in, in, on welding, it's pretty simple. You just have to wear protective clothing. Because yeah, is that what it, it has like shielding gas with it? And then it has the wire that comes out? And yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's MIG type welding. And uh, it's the easiest to do. And you can weld just about anything except for maybe aluminum. Uh, technically, or you can do that also. Steel or stainless um, steel but it'll work for your basic stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, after you get the, the safety part of it down, um, you just, I mean, that's one of the things where the only way that you learn how to do it is by doing is to it. Do it. Um, yeah. Are the old classes at all? Can like, I come in and take a welding class from you or a woodworking class from you? Again, we actually had a welding class. What was that? Two months ago? Sometime in the past. Sometime, Sometime in the past. <laughs> yeah. uh, so probably getting around time to do that again. We're working on uh, structuring our classes to where we have them on a fairly regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're wanting to learn how to do welding, instead of waiting for us to announce one, you know that on X day of the month, the yeah. welding class is going to occur. Okay. Same for any of the other areas. You know, A lot of the equipment there has a extremely low learning curve, such as the laser cutter. Right. Um, it's a very simple piece of equipment to use, but you can make some very, very amazing things with it. Um, and as we demonstrated here a little while back, you're not limited just to 2D type machining. We uh, we utilized some cardboard and made layers and layers, mm -hmm. uh, cut out, attached them together, and made a surprisingly realistic looking uh, dinosaur head. Yeah, I saw that really? sitting on the desk yeah. up there. I was... Like, what kind of dinosaur? I think it was a Tyrannosaurus. Uh, kind of looked like a T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> just need to, you know, cut out a big plaque and stick it on and be good to go. But, you know, traditionally those are used more for, you know, cutting out a piece of acrylic or mm -hmm. cardboard, uh, maybe doing some engraving in it, but showing a little bit more non-traditional use think that's, of traditional equipment. Yeah, what I've seen uh, the few times that I've been there is some engraving that had been done on the laser cutter, mm -hmm. which is well, a pretty awesome machine. I think you're touching on what in my opinion, is the real power of a place like this is you have all these people who do all these different things and one might be really good at dealing with the laser cutter, but the other person might, because immediately when I saw that thing, the next thought in my head was, man, you like dip that in some latex or something or some foam rubber and you get somebody to sculpt it and all of a sudden you have like a really rigid, awesome foundation for, a, you know, a, a prop piece or something like that. Like... I think combining these different skills where you know, you know machining and you know woodworking and you know welding and then you can get those three people together and build something that incorporates all three of those or five of those or all of the different Well, what's unique about it is it's, it's all under one roof. It's one place right. with access to all of this potential. 
So anybody could walk in there and see the laser printers or the 3D printers or the welding equipment and go in to work on one particular type of project and then maybe see the welder and get inspired to, you know, do something else with their art project and, you know, make yeah. something new, make get more creative, get more inspired and you actually, have access to more things. You actually see a lot of that going on and uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but uh, yesterday or the day before... Uh, we had a member who was working on something, and uh, I'm trying to remember what they were doing. I don't exactly remember what they were doing, but they were working on something. I was just kind of eavesdropping is, is the, the backstory here, um, where the thing that they were trying to do uh, was easier if they would have gone and, and used the laser for it, but they didn't really know that they could do that. They didn't know that we had a rotary attachment for the laser is what they, uh, the main piece of the puzzle that they were missing. And so they had this round part that they wanted to mark in some way or another. And uh, the way that they were trying to do it uh, would have worked, but another member said, hey, we got a laser and we have this attachment. He brought them over there. He showed them how to use it. And I don't remember if they actually did it or not, but uh, you see a lot of that going around where somebody gets there and they start on one project and then they realize, hey, we've got the tools to do this other part of the project or this completely different thing over here. So there's a, there's a sense of community involvement then and that you can come in and you're not necessarily by yourself. There's other people that you know, might take an interest in what you're doing or you could take an interest in what somebody else is doing and help anybody else out that's there at the time. Yeah, that's a huge part of uh, a makerspace in our opinion anyway. That's right. a huge part of our makerspace is community. Uh, the tools are important. I mean, the tools are, are things you can't fit in your own garage or uh, maybe your wife doesn't want you to. Right. Um, <laughs> But or you don't have garage. Yeah, uh, that's actually part of my problem right now. Um, I couldn't quit Prototech if I wanted to. That's my garage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I can't quit you. <laughs> yeah, but community is also a, a really huge part of it. I mean, it's probably more important than the tools themselves yeah. or the people there, um, and education in general. Those are the three main things that awesome. that I always talk about: is is community, the tools, and education. Well, it's not just tools either, because when you walk into Prototech, you guys kind of have a front office. And then the garage is back behind there. So in the front office, you guys actually have also people that come in and do programming and you know other kinds of work with computers and and a whole other aspect to creation other than physical creation or digital creation. Yeah, we actually uh, there's another group here called uh, Techlahoma, mm-hmm. and uh, they're pretty big here in Oklahoma City, and they're trying to to they're they're like us. They're just trying to improve upon Oklahoma. You know, get Oklahoma. Uh, all of the resources it needs to to do what it can do um, to be awesome, and uh, they have like nine different programming groups that meet at oh, wow. at, uh, at Prototech right now. That's um, a lot of different programming groups. Yeah, like, like why, why would you have nine? What what, what would consist of each of them? Uh, most of the time, uh, each group kind of has a language, a programming language that they specialize in. Okay. So we have a C sharp. Uh, group we have a python group um, and then there are a couple groups that are just aside from that um, but mostly just to specialize in specific languages okay well um i think the last time i was in there was somebody in there messing around with drones got to see a couple of drone crashes <laughs> flying around in the front office there you guys do anything with those uh drones have been extremely popular right uh, seen a lot of people that have made them from scratch. Uh, right now we're seeing a lot of trend where people are building components and assembling them. 
Uh, but still doing some of the programming. Um, you know, right now there's a lot of changes going on with the uh, FAA as far as what is and isn't permissible right. with drones. So you've got some people that are just right there on the edge waiting for these new laws to come to effect. Uh, I think some of them may have already come into effect. They've got... Uh They've proposed some things. Nothing's mm-hmm. actually been finalized. Okay. Um, and what's happened is some some of the more established, larger industries have been able to get exemptions granted from the FAA to operate commercially and to do things, uh, assuming they agree to certain guidelines. But it's still a very dark and muddy water that you mean people like are navigating. Amazon being able to deliver packages by drone, yeah. Pizza Hut, send in your pizza <clears throat> over by drone. And that's a that's an interesting thing is if. if it's not becoming clear to you right now as that's an, something I have an interest in myself. Um, so that's why I have this information. But um, uh, so it's like, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted. But um, the problem with like Amazon is they've been, they were granted an exemption and right now the FAA wants to know details. They want to know what is it? Why are you flying it? What's the specification? How heavy? All this kind of stuff. And Amazon and Google are in such a heavy development prototyping process that they, by the time they get the approval for one prototype, they're five generations past. And so even though they get the approval from the FAA to fly that one, now they're like, well, we don't care about that one anymore. We want this one. So, I mean, it's the nature of technology. It's evolving so quickly that yeah, it's the FAA really can't catch up. difficult for, for you know red tape and laws and things to keep up with technology. Um, it's one of the things that we're always kind of aware of at Prototech. We try to make sure everyone's on the on the up and up, if you will. But um, but yeah, in the end, whenever you look at drones, uh, usually, uh, unless you're just buying an off-the-shelf one, but most of the time, people kind of it, it's a hobby type thing. People want to to work on their drones or put their drones together, and so you've got electronics, you've got a little bit of uh, fabrication and stuff, and so they just kind of naturally fit into Prototech and we have like yeah. 20 people there or something that all love drones. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, when I got into it and then the first time I walked into Prototech, that was something that I was like, oh man, I know, I know, because I've been telling myself for a while, if I had a laser cutter, I could do this. Or if I had a 3D printer, I could do that. Or if I had simple, had simple woodworking, I could do these. And then I walk into Prototech and I'm like, laser printer, 3D printers, or laser cutter, 3D printers, woodworking, great. Everything you need to build from scratch or whatever. So I think that's interesting. Now, what is it that you guys would say that Prototech needs right now? Because like, like, I feel like you're there and that you're, you're operating, you're doing your thing, but like it's been interesting for, for us as we've been out and about because we found out about you, we started talking about you, how many people don't know you're there? Um, and we find that about a lot of things in Oklahoma City, so you shouldn't feel bad about that. But like, what do you think people need from, or what does Prototech need to get that reach into to become something that everybody's aware all right, we of. Can, I, I'm sure we all three have opinions on this. <laughs> well, and I'd love to hear all three of the opinions. Um, I think a lot of what happens when people initially come through the door is they're intimidated. You've yeah. got some people that walk in and they're extremely excited because they may have a background in a certain piece of equipment. And they see it there, they see you know various uh, permutations of it. And they start immediately thinking, oh, I could make this or I could make that. Others come in and they've got a maker mindset, but they may have not made anything in quite a while. Or perhaps the last time they did something was a college project. Uh, and they start seeing all this equipment. Some of it they may be familiar with of it. Uh, some of it 
it's kind of alien looking. And there's that intimidation factor of, oh, well, since I don't know what this piece of equipment is, I probably shouldn't be here. I think the first time I ever walked back into the garage area, I was definitely intimidated. Yeah. For sure. So probably, I guess, what, what Matt's saying is that we need uh, more classes and more events that kind of get people acquainted with that and get them to where they feel like they can use the equipment, I imagine. Is that what you're saying? Um, I mean, definitely something on our part to do is just more classes, uh, more training. But a lot of it is going to be finding a good way to change the mindset that it's okay to not know what a piece of equipment is. You don't like have that, to yeah. know what every single piece right. of equipment is there in order to make use of the space. And that's, I mean, honestly, I've listened to some other maker podcasts, like um, Adam Savage's Tested Podcast is fantastic. And that's one of the things I love about the way he talks about it is that right there. It's like, you know, he talks about welding the first time. He's like, it scared me. I never wanted to do it. I never thought I could do it. It looked so intimidating. And it's like, then the first time I did it, I was like, well, hell, this is easy. Like, it was so easy. Now I want to do it all the time. And, I, and like you were saying, that's kind of the thing. The MIG welder is so easy to use that once you get past the intimidation and the, and the sparks and the heat and the light and, the, and all that stuff, you just, oh, yeah, it's just a hot glue gun. I can sit here and... Well, I think it would be a little bit of a cool rush, too, from actually being able to, like, to use it the first time. You're like, oh, wow, I, I did do that. I was able to do that. And then that definitely gets you down the path. Right. Um, Helps you build on things. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, actually Adam Savage's podcast, uh, the, the Tested Podcast. Uh, that's that's exactly the type of, of environment that I want there at Prototech is, is, although one of the things that a lot of people do is they go to a makerspace and they say, this thing is expensive, I'm going to try to build one uh, cheaper. Sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. The main thing is, is that you can build something that is very specific to what you want or you can just... I mean, one of the things Adam Savage has going for him is that he loves to learn and he loves to make things. It, it's something that he built with his own two hands, and that's the kind of uh, and that's what I like about a makerspace. Yeah, and definitely, I think that that maker spirit is it's permeating Oklahoma City as well right now. And I think what I think what's happened so far is it's happened more on the artistic side. You see a lot of these people like the guy from Odd Fab Designs, and you see like DNA galleries, and there are these woodworkers, and they're making these Oklahoma signs. Where you go like six twelve and doing all yeah, their and art and stuff. there's a lot of art stuff, but I think the technology side of it, and obviously art has happened at Prototech. You were talking about the energy thing, and I, I think also that same was it the same guy that did the um, the factory store. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If you guys haven't been to the, the factory, it's like a high end clothing store on Broadway. They have this crazy industrial machine looks like a looks like a factory inside of it where all the clothing racks are on pulleys and they have these conveyor belts and stuff and that was all built in prototech and then installed over there but i think that's something that hasn't really permeated here yet is we've got the artists and even now like food has become kind of a maker diy mm -hmm. kind of culture in this city um but i don't think that we fully like realized the technology and the yeah the, so, um, personally, whenever I think of a makerspace or a hackerspace is another term used for them. Hackerspace. Hackerspace. Um, same thing. No difference. Um, the whole idea of a hackerspace is that I guess most of the people that, that have started those sorts of things kind of think about modifying things, not necessarily creating from scratch. Oh, okay. But, um, which happens a lot at Prototech also, uh, there have been a ton of like bringing in some electronics and figuring out how they work and modifying them and this and that. But um, I tend to think 
of anything creative is being something for for our makerspace. Yeah. Um, so whenever people start differentiate dif- that word. Differentiate. Differentiate. That word. Um, <laughs> between art and technology, uh, at, at Prototech, to me, it's, it's, it's all the same. It's all creative I like stuff. That, yeah. So um, there's been art at Prototech. There's been a lot of technological stuff done at Prototech. Um, I think they're one and the same, uh, especially whenever you get into things like woodworking, where, in my opinion, it's more art than, than anything. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, an example, I do a lot of uh, photography. And there's a technique called focus stacking where you take multiple images and combine them together to create a single image that gives you greater depth uh, and, you know, uh, sharpness than you would be able to get otherwise. And it's a perfect blend of art and technology because there are uh, rigs that we're looking at building that exist elsewhere that will help automate that process for you because you right. you may take anywhere from 10 to 500 images of an item and then combine them together. Your end result is a picture. You'll never see all the technology that went behind it. Mm. But looking at that picture, you can tell, even if you're not familiar with photography mm. or art in general, you'll be able to tell a massive difference between that image and one that is right beside it is just a single image mm-hmm. of the of the whole thing. So uh, there's a lot of things that we've described um, to anyone listening. Your best bet on this to understand what we're talking about is just come down and look at it. Yes. Yes. Take yeah. A tour. When, can, so. when can we go down there and take a look? <clears throat> and so you guys do open shop nights, right? Yes. Uh, the second Tuesday of every month um, is the best time to come down there and get a tour uh, we start at 7 o'clock, and then every half hour uh, we do a tour of the place, although you're free to hang around on that night. And, and you probably will. Explore. It's yeah. hard to leave once you've taken a look around. Um, and and I think that we're going to be open on H and 8th, like an open night type situation. Oh, right on. That so, would be great. Yep. So, yeah, every H and 8th, uh, while they're doing those, we will be open and allow people to kind of walk through the same as an open night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also plan to kind of have some stuff going on around Prototech during H and 8th. Uh, uh, a few different events, I think. You guys did something one time. You had uh, uh, like this container that you had poured some sort of liquid into, so that when you <laughs> stepped on it, it, it actually was kind of solid. You didn't sink into it. And you guys were doing was, what was that stuff? I was about to say, was it a liquid? Or so, I don't know. So was it? It's a non-Newtonian fluid. Oh, yeah. a non-Newtonian yeah, fluid. Non-Newtonian. Okay, that was my second guess. <laughs> it's either a liquid or a non-Newtonian fluid. I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. So so uh, <laughs> Newton. I mean, he was smart and all, but this this fluid is just it. It, it kind of just spits in his face. Um, uh, it, so uh, Matt, you're the guy who did the Ublek thing. Um, some of you and James just mentioned Ublek. Uh, some people listening may remember back to. Uh, elementary or even middle school days when you mixed up cornstarch and water and corn if you held starch, it in your water that's what it was exactly you hold it in your hand it kind of runs through your fingers makes a mess everywhere but you drop it or you hit it and it shatters so it's acting as both a solid and a liquid uh, depending upon the forces exerted on it right uh we decided i'm not sure why we decided to do this other than just the fun factor we built a giant oobleck pit so wait say that again it's a giant oobleck. Spell it. Oobleck. Can you spell it? It's got a couple O's in it. It's got a couple O's. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's oomlot. Yeah, pit. P-I-T. Uh, H-C-T something. Yes. <laughs> if, if you search for it, Google will correct you. Don't okay. worry. Yeah. Thank you, Google. 
Um, but anyways, we wound up uh, designing the structure on the computer. Right. Uh, so we uh, built a platform for uh, holding ground. So obviously we're not going to sink this into the ground. So the whole thing was raised up about a foot in the air. It was eight feet long and about two and a half feet across. Uh, ran the numbers to make sure that it wouldn't split apart because we were putting a literal ton right. of <laughs> right. non-Newtonian fluid in there. Literally, yes. Uh, it, yes. Which uh, we did encounter a few obstacles along the way, mainly how to create or how to create a fluid that is solid and liquid at once because it turns to a solid when force is applied. While you're mixing water and cornstarch, so... Inherently, there's force being applied. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> while you're trying to mix it, it's trying to become solid. And so... It, that was kind of difficult. It was interesting. And in the end, I think we ended up using a, a cement mixer type, uh, not like a giant one, but like ah, a little... Ah, okay. We make, yeah, pretty good size uh, concrete mixer. You'd have to have uh, a, some kind of tumbler then. You can't yes. actually put something in it to stir it. No, no. And I think huh. the final mixing was done by an entire team of very enthusiastic volunteers <laughs> running through it over and over. So when we're done, we, we filled this pit. Uh, I think, it, what were the dimensions? It was eight by two and a half by one. Okay, so we filled this pit with oobleck, and then we had a bunch of children up there, and, and we put padding and stuff so that it was safe. And uh, because it's solid, whenever uh, something hits it, uh, you can run across it. So even though it was like a foot deep uh, to begin with, um, you, c you can run straight across it. Now, if you stand in it, you'll sink. And so it's That's kind of crazy. this walking on water or running on water, yeah. I guess. You can't walk. you got to run. But um, that, was the end, that was the end result was we had this pit where, you know, children and, and – Adult children could run across and have fun and get messy. I'm imagining the uh, the the Terminator from Terminator Two, where he was the liquid and then he could turn. It's kind of making me think like we put some kind of electrical charge in that and yeah. A uh, little known fact, uh, he was made of black So <laughs> well, there we go. The secret's out of the bag now. It was very shiny ublack. Shiny ublack. That's pretty cool. It's a proprietary wow. formula. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we, so uh, he just didn't walk on water. He walked on ublack. He walked on ublack. Yeah. That's what nobody saw. He was pouring cornstarch into the water first. Oh, he didn't work miracles. He just had a box of cornstarch. He was just very scientifically oriented. That's right. Magic. So, so okay, so Prototech, you're on Tenth and Hudson, open shop nights every second Tuesday. Can we find you on the internet? You have a website, yeah. Prototech.com. Prototechokc.com is our main website. Uh, hopefully, by the time this airs, I will have that awesome. Um, Hell yeah! If you not, will. forgive me. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, otherwise, we've got a lot of uh, photos and everything on Facebook. So uh, Facebook slash Prototech OKC. Um, Prototech is spelled P-R-O-T-O-T-E-K, by the way. You guys got some cool shirts here? Um, we do have some cool shirts. Uh, both Matt and I decided to wear the exact same thing. And, uh, that's I like the Prototech shirts, but I still like Justin's, well, Justin's Better Call Saul shirt better. better. Yeah, first Better Call Saul shirt I've seen. Yeah, we're pretty jealous of that. Not very supportive. Not very supportive. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so I, but hey, you guys really should go check out Prototech. This place... Is awesome. We didn't talk about memberships, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh. Memberships. Okay, so uh, our current members, membership structure is uh, anyone who wants to be a member, it's $50 a month. Um, you get 24-7 access. Um, you get a little key card that'll let you in the door, and the lights are automatic. And um, So if inspiration strikes at 3 a.m., 
yes. you can go down there and start working. So we've got a membership agreement, and it has some rules outlined. Um, primarily, there are a couple of safety things, like uh, only use things that you know how to use and have been trained on as far Sounds as the good. large equipment. Uh, but we will provide classes uh, and or just you know one-on-one -on -one time where we go and show you the basics. Uh, like I said with the MIG welder, we just show you how to be safe and then have you go at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are times where uh, any of the big machinery, I ask that there be another person there just in case, uh, just anyone. Safety uh, first. But other than that, there are people there working throughout the night. So, Very cool. Sweet. So, yeah, if you have ever had an inclination to build something or you want to learn a skill that you've not had the resources to do, this seems like the place to go for it. And it's right in the heart of downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone listening, everyone, all of you, there's <laughs> something for you to do there. there I swear. Yeah. So, there so uh, you I've should come by. It. You should uh, at least take a tour with us. Um, let us show you how awesome it is. And uh, we need more members. Um, this sort of thing, it grows. The more members we have, the more awesome it is. And especially if you're somebody out there that is familiar with using this type of machinery and want to teach others. Yes. How to use this machinery. Be a mentor. Be a mentor. Absolutely. Or Come if you out. know how to do something that you didn't hear us mention. Like, right. Oh, you guys don't have a such and such. I can't think of anything right now. but So I <laughs> probably should have mentioned it earlier. But once again, uh, it's very community oriented. Uh, we don't have any employees or anything at Prototech right now. And so uh, that's why sometimes things don't go as quickly as we would like. However... Um, that also means that a lot of our things, like classes and things, they, they require volunteers or people to, to help us out with. And we're by no means experts at everything. So, yeah, uh, anyone who wants to help out with that sort of stuff, give us a call. Please, the more the better. Well, thank you very much for coming and talking yeah, to thank us. You guys thank for you, guys. Here. Hopefully this helps get some word out, and we'll definitely keep spreading the word about it. We've mentioned you quite a few times. Oh, yeah, we talk about you guys a lot. <laughs> um, like I said, we every time we talk to somebody in Midtown or – we mention it and usually they're, awesome. usually they're surprised that oh that building right there i wondered what that was like <laughs> yeah that's it's a really great place just walk over there one day and see what's going on uh, we really appreciate that absolutely definitely well as always we need to thank joshua path for the use of our theme song cement truck off the album between heaven and jonestown 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 that is available on <laughs> itunes cd baby and anywhere the internet can be found and was recorded by the magnificent kurt pr kurt's awesome we release every monday you can find us at www.waftyshow.com that's w-a-f-t-i show.com we're on twitter and instagram at wafty show on soundcloud.com slash wafty show facebook.com slash wafty show we're everywhere we've got them all so yeah we come out every monday we hope to hear you or see you guys next week and remember you guys as you go out on your own adventures as you go visit prototech in midtown and stop off and have some drinks or get some food somewhere make sure you take care of those who take care of you tip your waiters your waitresses your bartenders show them the love they're out there helping you guys have a good time so be nice and thanks justin thanks james thanks matt no, thank you, you guys thank you're you. awesome see everybody next week Woo! Get the whiskey, baby I'll get the whiskey